It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Sammy Bolch and Carol. Hello. Hello. <laughs> She's Sammy's a different a person. I don't know who that is. Um, I, I think it may. I think you got to be a rocker like Sammy Hagar. That's or okay, Sammy then that works. Junior. You got to be some sort of crooner, I guess. Uh, I guess I got to work on that now. Jeez. Yeah. Like she um, didn't have enough to do, Jeff. Great. So, well, <laughs> get to it. So, guys, I had a had a harrowing experience a couple of weeks back and uh, I need to need to unpack it. You, you ever have that moment in your life where you, 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 you find yourself feeling totally incompetent about something you are used to feeling very competent about? Pretty much every day. Yeah. Yeah. Only everything. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, really super comfortable with this feeling. I have, I have a very, very narrow window of things I feel competent about. So um, it doesn't, doesn't happen very often because there's, there's not a lot I feel competent about. So I don't have, uh, but anyway, had to do a, had to do a, an online presentation and I do multiple online presentations a week, most of the year and something I've, I've been doing for 15 plus years for, to some extent or another. Um, and so I'm, I'm pretty confident about this, but I got a new piece of technology and I, and, and before this presentation, I spent literally hours testing it to make sure the sound was okay with it. Cause it's all recording stuff. And, and then people sign on for the session and it's, everything seems fine, but then we get going and there is, is fucking horrible audio feedback for everybody. And I am, I am having a panic attack because look, I did my testing and to try to make sure that this wasn't going to happen just because, you know, I knew this could be an issue and then it ended up being an issue anyway. And then we had to, we ended up having to reschedule the session. And I am, I mean, this is, and this is all early learning people, mostly family childcare providers. And this one that, uh, you know, I, I value their time. And so I'm just having a panic attack about wasting their time and, and me not knowing how to solve this problem in the moment which i can usually do and huh, it was horrible and the next day it took another two two and a half hours to figure out exactly what the problem was and it was just a little setting on a thing and then it was better but that was that was miserable and horrible and i figured we could talk about shit like that for a little while to make this into an episode i don't know thoughts oh, yeah that sucks hey i'm sorry that's no fun yeah poor jeff <laughs> That's no fun. 
<laughs> I feel like hard. everything in my life has gone this way. Like I checked everything. I double checked. I made sure it. All right. I did everything I was supposed to do. And still everything falls apart. And everyone's just looking at me like you're an idiot. I'm like, well, I try. <laughs> and, and uh. you know, I thought, you know, my feeling is, of course, they're looking at me like an idiot, but all of them, because this is early learning people, they're like, oh, that kind of thing happens. And everybody was so nice and so gracious. But for some weird word, I, I mean, it, I, it's my my own problem that made me feel even worse. Yeah, I, it, it's almost like I wish somebody would blow up at me because I would feel better about this if somebody was actually angry instead of being so nice about like it. That's what you deserve. Yeah, yeah. So does that does that mean I'm really screwed up? What's that mean? Um, I don't think so. I think I think that's. I mean, I think it's common for a lot of people. I don't know if everyone experiences that. Um, I definitely do. A lot of times, I'll preface things by saying, "So because I am dumb, here is what I here is what I think is going to happen, and then we'll move on." Um, the reality is, I don't. I don't think I'm actually dumb. I just want to get ahead of whatever might go wrong and then oh it's like she was prepared for that because she's dumb when in reality it's you know any number of things I think a lot about um there's this Saturday Night Live sketch and the it's it's the David S. Pumpkin sketch which if you are not familiar with it it is a very funny sketch this is not the main joke of the sketch um but in it they are in an elevator for Halloween it's like a, a hundred floors of frights is the theme of the elevator. And at one point, uh, Keenan Thompson says, it's a hundred floors of fright. They're not all gonna be winners. And I think about that a lot when things go wrong, especially like in the day-to-day -day of teaching and early learning. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, we're doing this for however many hours a day, however many days a year, not all gonna be winners. Sometimes I'm gonna screw up this book that I'm reading and gonna have to start over. And it's not because I don't know English, it's because that happens sometimes. Just have to lose lose use of my tongue for a little while. <laughs> I never I never minded doing it in the classroom, like messing up. That thing that was like the one place. Of course, unless like there's other adults around, then forget it. But like like with the kids, like I I always thought I'm like, oh cool, they're gonna watch me mess up and then they're gonna know it's okay to mess up. You know what I mean? Like I always it was almost like part of the lesson plan, you know, <laughs> for me, like, oh yeah, I can, right. I can work with this, but anywhere outside of that, I'm like, I'm just awful. And this is, you just get what you get and that's it. But like internally, I'm like, I'm always waiting for somebody to like yell at me or say something to me very, really don't they. And Jeff with a thing like that, most of them are probably like, sweet, I blocked out time for today and now I don't actually have anything to do with it and I can just go do whatever I want. It was like well, a show day. So like, out. I, I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, six minutes after we were logged off and my, my, I mean, look, me having what I consider a panic attack and me sitting here right now are, are really, really similar. I mean, I, it, it, it's so... I mean, my, my, my emotional uh, range is, is, is like a uh, frog hiccuping. A teaspoon, it's just, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it's not. And so, but, but look, I'm like, oh, I got, I got 50 minutes of my day back. That's, that's great. And, and, and moved on and then dealt with the thing in the morning after I got to think about it. But um, 
it turns out that those moments where we feel incompetent about things we think we've mastered are actually really good learning moments because um, just their neurology, our brains, all those synapses are firing. And you talk about neuroplasticity, apparently those, 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 that wiring really happens in, in those moments of, of failure. Um, there, there's been a podcast, a neurologist I've been listening to, and he talks about this, that those, those are our key moments. And, and so, and, and I was thinking about this while this was going on is, is how do I ride this, this feeling miserable and incompetent? How do I ride this out and make the, make the most of it? And I think that really translates into, into our programs because I mean, I don't remember it specifically, but I think we feel like this a lot when we're three and four and five year old year olds. And, and so just thinking that these, these kids in our programs are constantly feeling like, Hey, I got the world mastered. Oh shit. There's something new. Um, and, and so trying to create an environment that's supportive of that is, is kind of key to what we do, huh? Or no. No, I, I think so. I think, I think about um, a student that really wanted to be able to climb the full length of the monkey bars and their friends could do it and they were able to do it once and then they went to they were like sam sam come and watch come and watch and they started doing it and then they slipped and they fell and she was frustrated to tears and i think part of it was she was going through this sort of shame and embarrassment of i should be able to do this and now i can't and i told you to come over here and part of it i think she was angry at herself because I did it right once and now I'm not doing it right. And what is wrong with me? And so-and-so can do it so well. And it was, you know, like you said, it ended up being this really great kind of teaching moment, so to speak of, it's okay to feel disappointed that it didn't go the way you wanted. That it's okay to feel that way. If you want to try it again, it's still gonna be here. If you wanna take a break, you can, but this doesn't mean that you can't do it. It means it didn't work that time. So maybe your hands are slippery. Maybe it's starting to rain. Maybe there's all these other things. Maybe your arms are tired. And I, yeah, I think it's, I think a lot of like our feelings, like when we have that, that moment of feeling incompetent, it's really like we're feeling ashamed of ourselves. We're worried that people are going to start to view us differently than the way we view ourselves, which is, you know, all we ever want is to be understood, right? So to then think, oh no, these people have now formed an assumption about me because I couldn't get this microphone to work or because I couldn't do the monkey bars all the way. What does this mean about who I think I am? What does this mean about how other people think of me? Have I been lying to myself? Are they lying to about me to themselves? I don't know. And then, you, you know, you can just get so caught up in it. If you don't, like you're talking about, Jeff, like take that time and kind of reflect on it and be like, why did I mess that up? what was happening? What was I doing? What was happening outside of myself? Oh, it's that I didn't press this button. I didn't read the manual fully. Oh, it's that I was really tired and I shouldn't have tried to climb that one after I'd done six other climbs. You know, giving yourself that space to like think about it and exit the shame as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just listen to you, Sam. I, I, I was thinking about the, I'm trying to remember other times I had, I, I felt that, that kind of 
anxiety, frustration. This isn't working right. And it's, it's also, it's also audio related. Um, it was, it was years ago, Lisa Murphy was in town. We're recording a bunch of episodes and, uh, you know, this is when the podcast was, was just a baby, baby little podcast. I'll have to look back and see what episode number it was, but we had, um, author, uh, Susan Lynn scheduled as a, as a, as a guest and, uh, and, and she, I mean, she was, uh, oh, I can't remember what did she write. Uh, it's a great book, but then she's, she's the one that like, uh, um, uh, 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 sued the, uh, the, the, your baby can read people and the, 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 and, and, and got them to stop selling that crap and stuff. And, and so she's, she's delightful. And so she's a big fancy person. And I got Lisa there and we couldn't get the audio set up because zoom wasn't a thing there for recording. Mm -hmm. And we had to record her through the phone, through the mixer and all this kind of stuff. And it wasn't working. And, and so we're wasting her time and I'm wasting Lisa's time. And I went into this downward spiral that lasted for half a day. And this time I got over it in six minutes. So I, I guess I've, I've, I've gotten better. You've matured. I've, 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 that's, that feels good, I guess. That feels good. That is uh, a good Susan, feeling. Susan Lynn, Susan Lynn, if you're listening to this, I, I apologize. Uh, campaign for a commercial free childhood. That's for what she was head of. Ah, um, I was going to say um, her name sounds super familiar, but. So what do we, yeah. uh, go ahead, Carol. I was gonna say that's what I especially like my second year teaching when I kind of had a clue like I was trying to ah yes the second year parents yeah decide the second year uh that you know my my biggest goal was to raise their frustration tolerance and I was like listen I could sit here and drill them on rote stuff all day long I said even if I could magically teach them everything they needed to know for kindergarten eventually something's not going to go right for them and I said, it's more important for them to be able to fail and not see it as the end, but as um, instead, like, oh, that didn't work. So I'll try this instead. Or should I keep trying this? Or like just kind of feeling okay in that space. And I, I felt pretty strongly about that coming in, mainly because like my actual degree is in elementary. So I did all of my like clinical hours in elementary schools. And I student taught in a fourth grade and I can like it was heartbreaking to watch the kids who everything had come easily to them up until that point have that first thing they didn't understand right off of the bat and those poor kids fell so hard mm -hmm. like like their whole self sense of self crumbled and I remember my heart and at the time I didn't, I didn't know then what I know now, but I had an inkling. I was like, but of course not everything is going to work out and you have to try. And I, I thought like, shouldn't they have like gotten to like something had happened to them at this point, you know? And at the time I, I didn't realize how academic how pre-K had become like early centers had come. I didn't realize that these kids basically had no experience doing anything, but this kind of academic work. And the kids who actually had been struggling, you know, for the past so many years, they were like, it was not such a big deal to them. Like they could overcome that faster than these kids who, you know, the straight A student, the everybody's favorite student gets everything right. No problem. Doesn't have to like, couldn't do something. And the one girl, I just wanted to tell you, listen, honey, this is bullshit what they're trying to get you to do anyway. Like it was like diagraphing like a sentence 
and she couldn't get it. Oh my God, I remember that. <laughs> and like, she, it didn't make any sense to her. And I'm like, honey, there's a very good reason it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make you. sense because it's dumb. But yeah, you know, because this is a purely academic exercise that will not help you. Yeah, it's like you're never going to do this again. And I know this because I had to relook up how to do it to be here. I can like, teach it to you. I, That's how I know. I know this because you mentioning this, Carol, I, yeah, never had to do that again outside of fourth or fifth grade. No. And I was dying because my older daughter, like, found, like, a game about, like, you know, all the different types of, like, parts of speech and everything. And she, it was just a game and she was just going through it. And she's like, oh, well, what is this? And it was me and my mother sitting there. And we were like. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we gotta like look it up. I'm like, I well, don't wait. Know. Big Mama didn't know. Big Mama didn't know. Either. Big Mama's Big Mama's a fucking reading teacher. Oh, I, true. Big Mama. That but, that that's, that proves how how bullshit that stuff is. Huh? Yeah, it is. Oh, and she, listen. My mother was the one who would like write notes to my teachers. Like she's not doing that. <laughs> like, full stop. When does Big Mama come on the podcast? Oh no, I. <laughs> oh I, yeah oh, maybe i have to have have to have uh have yes. to have big mama yes, come on right bar and have her uh have her early learning story that sounds yeah. great uh, but anyway, that's I, what happens when the, you don't give them the chance to fail over i mean it's big things to them at the time when they're little but that's when your brain understands like oh okay then we just do this because then you end up like me and you fail and like jeff gets over it in you know half a day it takes me half a year I got it down to six minutes now. (laughs) Well, and and so that's, that's the thing uh, for, for, for a lot of kids, they, they go through, I mean, when you always have the right answer and you, 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 I mean, it's like going through life without any gravity, Uh, failure and setback and feeling, feeling challenged by things is a, is a great form of, of gravity on your social emotional and intellectual development it gives you something to, to push against and, and i think that's why our, our brains like those moments so much it's it's some here's some here's some sensory input you're not used to having let's wire it up and so that can that can be a, a delightful thing and and the thing is some kids go through life and they don't they don't they don't bump into the the failure the setbacks until third or fourth grade and then they're on anxiety medication for the next 20 years because yeah, they couldn't diagram a set because they have they hadn't had they hadn't bumped in to they hadn't had those micro doses of 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 setback and and failure and not knowing everything in the early years or maybe i'm just making that up i don't know i think i i have a feeling it's probably like both that's probably like the nature and the nurture right? Like I think we're predisposed to some of it based on just who we are, but then our environments influence so much of that. Like if you're predisposed to already be really anxious about what people feel about you, and then you never have a chance to experience failure, even on a very small level. And all of a sudden you start experiencing it. Ah, yeah, you're probably going to be more anxious and worried about yeah. it than other people. Like for sure. I, I would, I have a feeling that's what happened to me. So, because I distinctly remember like times as a kid where I, you know, didn't do things right or screwed things up. And I remember not getting things and being okay with it. I remember not getting things and not being okay with it. Uh, and I'm just a very anxious person anyway. So I think a lot of that too, like as kids, like I can remember like the same thing, but I think had I had someone 
or a, like even like a teacher, not to say like my parents did it, but like in all those different situations, like in early, you know, cause I would feel that way in pre-K. I can remember like feeling things in pre-K, but to not have somebody like kind of like talk you through it. Do you know what I mean? Because they like help your brain connect it. Like to see, oh, you feel this because of this. Okay, well, here's what we, you know, that's, that's what the early year should be for. It should be that kind of learning. So that's the kind of foundational thing you want to take forward. Not I can count to a hundred, you know, like that's by yeah. twos or whatever. Like, and I think, and even now, like a lot of us, I think we would just never walked through that. Like we experienced it, but how much better would it be if somebody just talked to us about it? It wasn't like luck of the draw. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But if you also had like an adult, like a, like a even keel nurturing adult, like tell you like, life is like that sometimes and not in a dismissive sense because you know you get a lot of those like yep that happens sometimes and then yeah but to acknowledge like as like a little kid how they're feeling so they can kind of internalize that like okay yeah that's what this feels like because once you can identify it it's kind of easier to deal with I think even even for like the little ones for sure I had a kid who had their first social like big social misstep a couple months ago and they, I mean, they were a wreck over it. Two, so two they, kids showed they, up wearing the same outfit. <laughs> they, so they, they, these two kids, they would sometimes actually, they would coordinate outfits, but no, they, they had, you know, cultivated a really close friendship and they were, they're both relatively quiet, but they, they liked each other. And all of a sudden, one of them wants to invite another girl to play with them. And the first girl is like, but no, but we're friends. And the second girl goes, yeah, and she can be our friend too. First girl, I don't want to. I don't want to play with her. I just want to play with you. And the second girl goes, okay. Well, I'm gonna go play with her. And then the first girl says, well, then we're we're not gonna be friends for a hundred years. And the second girl says, okay, and leaves. And the first girl realizes what she has said and comes to me bawling. And it's, I told her we weren't going to be friends for a hundred years and now she has left and I didn't want her to do that. I just didn't want to Oh, that is so hard. I You were so mad because you wanted something and it didn't happen. And now you're so sad because your friend has left. Like, yes, she is my friend. She is your friend. And I think she might be feeling a little sad too. We can't fix this right now. Cause you know, they're on the other side of the playground and I'm not going to drag her over right now. So we can't fix this right now. All we can do is be sad and think about what we're going to do next. What do you think you might do? I think I will apologize and invite her to play with me later. I think that that's a really kind thing you could do. She might say no. She might not want to you're right. She might not want it. And you can see her internalizing all of this of like, oh my God, my actions have meaning. My words have power. What will I do next? Uh, at the end of the day, they were fine. You know, she, she went up to like the second girl went up to the first one and said, um, I don't, I, I don't want to be a hundred years. Can we play? And then that was it. 
I think you handled that great, but I would have been like, hey, see that cardboard box over there? That's a fucking time machine. Get in there. Um, <laughs> hundred years goes by real quick. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll set it for a hundred years and then and problem solved. I like that way. Yeah, see, everybody needs a <laughs> Sam to walk them through that. And, and maybe have sometimes to, you don't have to deal with all those emotions and everything. Right. And that it's hard, right? Because a part of me is like. I mean, you did kind of ask for this. Yeah. <laughs> you did, you yeah. don't like, no, she doesn't know she asked for this. She was just doing what she felt like she needed to do. And that it all spun out of control. So happy to report that they are, in fact, still friends. They're also both four. So, you know, um, your mileage may vary. I, they wouldn't have got back together until they were both 104. That would have been right? very, very sad. Be a long, oh, man, long as far way. as I know. They're both going to each other's birthday parties this summer. Oh, so good. They, they made sure to tell me. I was I was worried about that. Um, so I, I think one of the ways to, and I'm thinking about this, I, I try to cultivate a certain comfort level with generally fucking things up because I, I'd like to try new things and know that there's some failure and some setback and a learning curve there. I think what really, really got me this time was this is something that I thought I was good at and had the skills to troubleshoot and all that kind of stuff. And so even, even if you feel comfortable with being uncomfortable with something, someplace in your life, there's going to be other places where it's, it's, it's harder. Is that a, that's a thing too? Yeah. You're going to get humbled at some point. Pretty much. It sucks. But. So I, I think the, the, the big thing is, is to, to just try to have that, that, that mobile infant mindset that, that I'm learning to walk mindset because, you know, very rarely do kids take their first steps and then fall on their little butts and they, well, fuck that. I'm not going to, I'm I not mean, doing this anymore. Walk, walking is not going to happen for me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they get up and they and they do it again usually so usually usually it's important to try to be a mobile infant that's i mean i mean i know there are people that are really into that i, I i've seen law and order and stuff uh but you know i'm talking just kind of metaphorically Why? Jeff, we almost had a normal ending to an episode everything was fine everything was normal <laughs> Well, I mean, and here we are. Everybody, I mean, you be you. That's what I say. So if that's what you're into, be. I mean, great. But ah. wrap this up. So how? How? Nope. how do you? How do you end it from there? Hey, listeners. I don't we know much. I don't have much, I don't know much, but I, I know how to end an awkward podcast. This has been the Child Care Bar and Grill. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. We love you. Please come back. <laughs> Always end weird. Always. You're like, I know this the podcast, and then you just end it. It's just the ending. Yeah, like, All right, <laughs> how about a sudden ending, and then he just cuts off? I'll leave this part in. <laughs> We can we can kind of kind of get meta about our, 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 our yet again.
Uh, we've been we've been trying the to get after that, hours of the podcast. Tried to record that perfect podcast for years now, and it just doesn't it hasn't happened. No, oh, it'll hey, be the thousandth episode. Hey, listeners, if I rem- if I do remember to leave this part in, uh, Susan Lynn wrote The Case for Make-Believe and Consuming Kids, both excellent books. And uh, it was uh, episode 81 of the Child Care Bar and Grill, 0081, that Susan was on and I was having panic attacks because- Oh my God, the fact that to- you've got double zeros in front of episodes now. Wow. No, I've always been there because I've always, oh, always keep always expected this. All the all the shows have four digits. Because I oh man. I, I plan for the, the future. We plan big. Hey I listeners, read consuming this is, kids in college. This Good is one. really the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. We Bye-bye. super promise. We're leaving now. I mean, depends on if I where I edit it. I mean, I might I might forget this by the time we get around to editing it. So might not be there. Okay, that's that's good. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.